Do you want to be possessed by a spirit that is like Jesus? A spirit that is pure, gentle, sane, wise, and loving. That's a quote from A.W. Tozer. And if you want to take him up on his offer, keep listening. Hi, my name is Terence, and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Today, I review The Counselor, straight talk about the Holy Spirit by A.W. Tozer. 192 pages published by Moody Publishers in May 2015, available in Amazon Kindle for $7.99, or you can get it for $1.99 in Faith Life. You see, every month, Faith Life gives away a free book, and for the month of November, the free book is Choosing Gratitude, Your Journey to Joy by Nancy DeMoss Wolgamoff. Along with a free book, Faithlight gives a list of generously discounted books. So I didn't go with the gratitude book by uh, Nancy DeMoss Wolgamoff. Instead, I went for one of those deeply discounted books, and that would be The Counselor by A.W. Tozer for $1.99. You see, I thought it would be nice to review Tozer, one of the most quoted authors in the Christian world. He is so quotable. I have two books, the quotable Tozer 1 and its sequel, the quotable Tozer 2. Now, Aidan Wilson Tozer was born in 1897 and died in 1963. He did not graduate from any seminary, university, not even a high school. He only had a sixth grade education. He was self-taught and he read widely. Tozer served as a pastor for more than 40 years. He published 12 books while alive and another 40 books minimum were published after he died. Today's book, The Counselor, Straight Talk About the Holy Spirit, is one of them. Tozer has many books on various things, various subjects on holy living, discipleship, worship, and and many, many others. But in all those books, he is known as a straight talker. Now, I hope you have a band-aid ready because Tozer's words might just cut you to the heart. So let's open the book. This book has 10 chapters. I'll read the titles for the first five chapters only so that you can get a sense of what the book is about and the tone of the chapters. Chapter 1. Whenever Jesus Christ is glorified, the Holy Spirit comes. Chapter 2. The Holy Spirit is not known through the intellect. Chapter 3. The presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit, all that Jesus would be. Chapter 4. Pentecost. Perpetuation, not repetition. Chapter 5. The promised filling of the Holy Spirit, instantly, not gradually. So those are the first five chapters. There are ten chapters in total. But from here you can see that uh, Tozer wants to tell readers who is the Holy Spirit. He tells us uh, uh, how how we need him, how we can be filled by him. And he will do that through, as you read the chapters, by unpacking scripture. And he will rebuke wrong ideas. That's why you have those that is not known through intellect. It is not repetition. It is not gradually. So he will uh, 
tell us where the church is going wrong. He is definitely not afraid of calling wrong ideas, wrong uh, thoughts uh, out. And he does all this uh, with fiery passion, like an Old Testament prophet. The book doesn't have a preface or introduction, but from what I understand after Torz's death, publishers have collected many of Torz's sermons and writings and published them in book form. Now, this would explain why the chapters in this book are very self-contained. They don't move the argument from one chapter to the next. So it seems like a collection or compilation of material. Uh, but even so, I commend the editors uh, for the organization. The first chapter is a really good chapter to begin a book on the Holy Spirit, and the rest of the chapters flows quite well, considering that Torza did not preach a series. Secondly, the editors did a good job of selecting a broad range of materials. Um, you see, uh, Torza's words are rapier sharp. They are like weapons of war, uh, wielded by many Christians from all denominations, even from opposite sides of the same topic. So by reading this book, because the publisher put together these various materials, you will get a clearer sense of what Torsen meant uh, when he said what he said by those quotes. You see, those favorite quotes of yours, or those quotes that you see in Instagram, or in Facebook, or in whatever poster that you see, they might not mean what you think they mean, um, because a toser uh, has to be read in full. Um, so I'll give you more examples in this review. You see, uh, when we study the words of a biblical prophet, okay, so just put aside a toser's book for a moment. Let's say we're reading Ezekiel or reading Amos or Jonah. It is necessary to study the time and place so that we know why they said what they said. Why those strong words? Why the intensity? Similarly, when we read Torza, okay, on the Holy Spirit, it helps to remember that Torza lived in the early 20th century. It was a, around this time that the Pentecostal or charismatic movement kicked off. Uh, and in those times, uh, every church was forced to consider or reconsider what they believed of the Holy Spirit. And in those uh, confusing, turbulent times, Torza offered a sorely needed guidance. He was unquestionably zealous for the Holy Spirit. And uh, he insisted that every Christian must have, must desire, must need the Holy Spirit. And Torza rebuked the churches at large. He said that you don't even know that the Holy Spirit is absent from your midst. So he conveyed himself like a fiery prophet calling God's people back to God. And that makes him a favorite among many in, in all denominations. He called out the craziness, uh, even within the spirit-filled or charismatic Pentecostal or whatever uh, movement. And he did not allow those craziness to impede, to hinder uh, Christians in their pursuit of God. Now, let me just read a long quote here so that you can understand uh, how he looks at, the, at those times. Okay, look at those. He's looking at those times. And, and that may still be applicable even today in, in your circle. So let me quote. Uh, this is a crude illustration. That, this is what he said. But let me tell you what we did after planting a field of corn when I was a young fellow in Pennsylvania. To save the field of corn from the crows, we would shoot an old 
crow and hang him by his heels in the middle of the field. This was supposed to scare off all of the crows for miles around. The crows would hold a conference and say, Look, there is a field of corn there, but don't go near it. I saw a dead crow over there. That's the kind of conference that Satan calls, and that is exactly what he has done. He has taken some fanatical, weird, wild-eyed Christians who do things that they shouldn't, and he has stationed them in the middle of God's cornfield and warns, Now don't you go near that doctrine about the Holy Spirit, because if you do, you will act just like these wild-eyed fanatics. Because there has been a lot of this weird stuff, God's children are frightened, and as soon as you start to talk about it, they run for cover. They say, oh no, none of that for me. I have seen dead crows out there in the middle of the field. Then Torza closes by saying this, Well, my brother, I will not be frightened out of my rightful heritage. I will not be scared out of my birthright because some others didn't know what to do with the birthright or have found something else that has nothing to do with the birthright. I want all that God has for me. End quote. Now, even if you did not live in those confusing and fearful times, those events were quite some time ago, but if you have been a Christian for any length of time, you would know that battles were fought in churches. Now, today, questions on the Holy Spirit still come up, as they should with every new generation of believers. But thankfully, we have sort of settled many of those questions today. Wherever you fall on those questions, whatever positions that you may have, it's um, many churches have mainly settled, have uh, fairly settled on their beliefs on the Holy Spirit. And I suspect many were helped, either directly or indirectly, by Toza and his writings. When it comes to Toza, the danger is people read a few pointed quotes and believe they know everything they need to know about Toza. They pick his teachings up like a loaded pistol, not realizing that they are holding the wrong side of the gun. Consider, for example, the second chapter titled, The Holy Spirit is not known through the intellect. And some people will just take that chapter and assume they know what they need to know. And uh, they, they would suspect, uh, they, their suspicions might be correct, because when you read the second paragraph of the chapter, let me quote, uh, Toza says, It is quite plain in the scriptural revelation that spiritual things are hidden by a veil. And by nature, a human does not have the ability to comprehend and get hold of them. He comes up against a blank wall. He takes doctrine and texts and proofs and creeds and theology and lays them up like a wall. But he cannot find the gate. He stands in the darkness and all about him is intellectual knowledge of God, but not the true knowledge of God. For there is a difference between the intellectual knowledge of God and the Spirit-revealed knowledge. End quote. So someone could have read this, heard this, and say, Yeah, man, preach it, brother. What a hilarious image. You know, I can imagine there's some guy just laying up the creeds and theology like a wallpaper, and the guy still can't find the gate. They are so blind on the need for spiritual illumination. Illumination, uh, Toza writes, Bible study does not of itself lift the veil or penetrate it. The word does not say. No one knows the things of God except the man who studies his Bible. It does say that no man knows the things of God except by the Holy Spirit. 
And someone then responds once more, exactly, we are wasting time with Bible study. They clap their hands vigorously, celebrating the comeuppance of those Bible study nerds with their highlighter pens and so on. Then we can imagine in that scenario, Toza turning around and pointing to them to say, why are you clapping? I didn't say I agreed with you. You see, if you only read a quote, you might not know that Tozer also says in that same chapter, I quote, We ought to read everything we can about Jesus, for reading about him is legitimate and good, a part of Christianity. End quote. And if you think that Tozer ditches the creeds, okay, he said, he, didn't he just say that the creeds, uh, you're still standing in the dark, that you can't find the gate and so on? But if you think that uh, Tozer ditches the creeds, then you read another chapter and you see what he says. First, he quotes the Athanasian Creed to explain who is the Holy Spirit. So he quotes the creed. It's inside here. And after he quotes it at length, okay, Tozer concludes, I quote, these old saints of God were learned scholars who knew the truth and they came there and wrote these things and gave it to us for the world and for the ages. On my knees, I thank God for them. Wow. End quote. Wow, wow, wow. So Toza, he goes on his knees to thank God for the creeds. So when someone says, Tozel says we need more Holy Spirit, not more Bible studies, and someone else responds, no, Tozel says we need more Bible study. How else will we know who is the Holy Spirit? Now, they might just be reading their favorite Instagram or Twitter quotes. Now, you could do something else. You could read a book. You can come in like a boss and settle the argument once and for all. And you can say that after reading this book, this is what Tozel's real and full opinion, I mean, a true opinion on this issue. I quote, The Holy Spirit is light to the inner heart, and He will show us more of God in a moment than we can learn in a lifetime without Him, without the Holy Spirit. When He does come, all that we have learned and all that we do learn will have its proper place. In our total personality and total creed and total thinking, we won't lose anything by what we have learned. He won't throw out what we have learned if it is truth. He will set it on fire, that's all. He will add fire to the altar, end quote. So, it's a wonderful image. Whatever you have, he will set it on fire. The Holy Spirit will set it on fire. So, Tozer does not dismiss Bible study. He said it at the beginning. He said that a Bible study in itself will not lift the veil. What he says is that you must read the Bible with the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you can't understand it. So that's the type of tone that he brings in. So he can sound very, how to say, very strong in one side. And then you need to read the other side. Then you see the whole picture. And he cuts to the heart. Um, and... Even And because of that, because he's so forceful, uh, I advise discernment because there are parts where his forcefulness, his rhetoric uh, exceeds what he actually proves. I give you one example. So this is a criticism, example criticism. In the whole book, I have 
various minor points of disagreements with him, all right, here and there. But for this particular issue, uh, the one I'm going to talk about, this is not a peripheral issue to Toza. He dedicates a whole chapter to it. And this is a contentious one. It uh, affects how we look at the Holy Spirit in our lives, both yours and mine. Um, and he doesn't mince words. He believes that anyone who takes a different position to him is on the side of carnality, okay, of the flesh, not of the spirit. So this is contentious, it is not peripheral, and uh, we may have a disagreement over here. The chapter I'm talking about is chapter 5. Uh, the title is The Promise Filling of the Holy Spirit. Instantly, not gradually. Early in the chapter we read, I quote, None of the persons in the Bible and none that I can find in church history or biography was ever filled with the Holy Spirit who didn't know when he was filled. I cannot find that anyone was ever filled gradually. End quote. And later he continues. I quote, Now, as I said, Satan opposes the doctrine of the Spirit-filled life about as bitterly as any doctrine there is. He has confused it, opposed it, surrounded it with false notion, notions and fears. The devil knows that if we will just say that we want to be filled gradually, he will have no more worries from us because that process is so slow. You might encourage yourself. I'm a little fuller today than I was yesterday, or at least I am a little fuller this year than I was last year. This is a place for carnal creatures to hide. It is a place for carnal church members to hide. In the scriptures, it was never a gradual feeling. It says that he fell upon them, he came upon them, he filled them. It was an instantaneous act, end quote. When I read something that I disagree with, I highlight it in red. And that section was highlighted in bright red. <laughs> so that was in the beginning of the chapter. I look forward to see how Tozer would substantiate his claims. Because I thought that that's a very big claim. So the next big question he answers is, Are you sure you can be failed? Okay, that doesn't seem to be related to the chapter title, but I'll, I'll carry on, I'll humor him, and I'll just uh, read through. And after he answers the question of whether I can be filled or not, the next question he asks is, do you really want to be filled? Then after that, he asks, do you really need to be filled? So he answers all these questions, he dedicates pages and, uh, on them, um, and after answering those questions, I keep expecting him to answer the question, which is uh, the gradual and instantaneous uh, question. Instead, the second half of the chapter is answering, how do I be filled? So none of those questions address directly address the topic, gradual versus instantaneous feeling of the Holy Spirit. Instead, the questions are, can you? Do you want to? Do you need to? How can you? So it was a fairly disappointing chapter in that sense. Now, to be fair, um, he sprinkles answers. So Tozer does, 
does share his experience okay, in, in that chapter. Torza shares that, I quote, it is probably quite generally true that any Christian who has not been filled with the Spirit since his conversion does not have genuine Christian joy. I know this was my experience. I had a lot of joyful feeling when I was first converted. I was a happy Christian. But if this is the kind of happiness that is half carnality and animal spirits, God will want to deliver you from it. End quote. Brother, sister, have you experienced genuine Christian joy? Because according to Toza, that is the experience of the spirit-filled Christian. And he says that you might be happy before you were spirit-filled, but whatever happiness you had before pales in comparison with what comes after. Actually, he doesn't use the word pale. He says that it's half carnality and animal spirits. Yikes. And uh, he later writes, I quote, Not everyone who listens to me is going to be filled with the Spirit. Some are going to be filled. For every once in a while, someone comes with a shining face and says, Well, it happened. God has done it. From that time on, that life is transformed. Spirit-filled Christians are changed people. End quote. So, um, maybe I'm one of those Christians who are not Spirit-filled. Because not, not I just don't know because I'm happy. I have Christian joy. I I have, I mean, I do experience Christian joy, I think. I'm not sure now uh, after reading Tosa maybe. So, and he says there is a changed life. Um, but I would put my changed life from the moment of conversion and I gradually, oh dear, I did not instantaneously. I, I'm not, now I'm wondering what is the, what is a normal Christian experience? <laughs> because also it seems to imply that my experience is not necessarily spirit-filled. Now, let me briefly respond to his claim uh, properly. Tozer did say that uh, early in the beginning that nobody in the Bible has a gradual feeling of the Holy Spirit. Everyone's experience was instant. My response is that we tend to report the spectacular, the dramatic. The New Testament doesn't have a longitudinal study. It doesn't track the people from the moment of their spiritual birth to their physical death. Reporting uh, throughout the days, keeping a daily journal, uh, reporting it to a, to a supervisor and so on, reporting on their spiritual state and breakthroughs so that we can see whether was there a, like if you have a graph, whether it's just suddenly jumped a one level higher, there was that instantaneous feeling of the Holy Spirit that that made everything before just uh, nothing in comparison. So we don't have such a thing in the Bible. Um, we do have those dramatic moments, as uh, as Tozer points out. But 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 but. Paul did write in Romans 7, and I paraphrase him, I do what I should not do, I don't do what I should do. I believe here that Paul is writing as a Christian, as a spirit-filled Christian. So there are still some parts of his life where he struggles um, with sin. Now, and oh, if that is not strong enough, I agree. Let's uh, read other passages. Paul also writes in Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Peter, the apostle Peter writes, You believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. First Peter 1 verse 8. Now, if you read the Bible, if you read the New Testament, if you read the apostles, when they speak of joy, they don't point believers 
to a singular one-off spiritual experience. They don't say that what you need here is that you need the filling of the Holy Spirit. In fact, consistently they say that they need to they point the believers to the gospel, rejoice in the Lord, believe in Him. So it is the gospel that actually brings out that Christian joy. Another thing, um, again, this is supposed to be a brief response. In the parable of the sower, does Jesus say of the seed, um, sorry, what does Jesus say of the seed that fell in good soil? Jesus said that, as for that, I quote uh, Luke 8 verse 15, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Can we my question to you is this. Can we bear fruit without the Holy Spirit? According to uh, parable of the sower, Jesus said that we have to bear fruit with patience. Another part of the Bible says that uh, uh, Jesus commands us to take up our cross daily. My question is, can we take up our cross without the Holy Spirit? But we are supposed to take it up daily. Bearing fruit and taking up our cross, they are both commands and they are the experience of all Christians, even those who experience an instant feeling of the Holy Spirit and also those who experience a gradual feeling of the Holy Spirit. The problem, I suspect, with uh, Tozer's claim is that it can be true, it will be true for some, and therefore their witness, their testimonies will add weight to what Tosa says. And it is, I would even venture that it is true. They claim that they experienced such an amazing feeling of the Holy Spirit that transformed them forevermore. And I believe that. It's, it's, it's true. It's, it's probably true. But my point is that just because Paul was struck blind on the way to Damascus doesn't mean that you and I should be struck blind on our way to the mall. Just because Tozer had his experience and just because many, many other people do uh, doesn't mean that we all have to. If you read the chapter, you will see that Tozer's emphasis on this instant feeling is because he sees believers are complacent. They say that it's okay to sin because I am slowly growing. I'm gradually growing. So stop pushing me to live a holy life. I'm growing just very slowly. And that should not be. Christians, by the very definition of the word, must make a full and immediate commitment to Christ. There should be no lingering, lingering with sin or just accepting it as part of a slow process. That's not the point. They should be repenting. They should be mourning, sorrowful over the sin that is still uh, in their lives. So Tozer's intentions here are good. And those uh, intentions, which are wholesome and righteous, has, I believe, pushed him to an unsustainable position. Um, again, based on his own experience and the experience of others he, he counsels or ministers to, has led him to, in this case, Tozza doesn't make, in chapter 5, Tozza does not make a strong case for an instant feeling of the Holy Spirit. Um, his argument is actually very weak over here. He may have made better arguments in other books or other sermons and so on, but definitely not in this book. In this book, in this chapter, 
he makes a strong case for a full and immediate commitment to Christ. And that is something that I agree and welcome. So that's what I mean by we may have to read with discernment um, when we this uh, read Tozer. Now, in conclusion, I just want to say that uh, in your Christian journey, you will meet Tozer. You should. I mean, he is a fantastic guy, a fiery prophet, sometimes known as the 20th century prophet. Now, you might welcome him. You might push back against him. But before you do either, you should read a bit more broadly on him. Please go beyond the quick quotes. And uh, that's why I hope from this review. I hope from today's review that you hear how sharp his words can be. He is a very forceful character. And uh, sometimes sharp words are needed for correction and healing. Thank you, Tozer, for cutting into my heart. I needed that. But sometimes they can inflict unintentional wounds and undeserved wounds. Which is why I spent so much time on that one chapter. I don't want you to miss out on Torza because he is helpful in many, many ways. But because Torza is such a forceful writer, he's so convicted on his views, I just don't want you to be carried away by his candor and passion and end up in a place which I don't think he, he would want you to be which is questioning that you are a believer and questioning whether you have any, how do I say, whether you have any place in this kingdom of God, whether you have any place in being filled as a, by the Holy Spirit. So uh, as you read this book, uh, again, you look at the intent of the author as he writes. He does express those intent. He wants you to know the Holy Spirit. He wants you to pursue the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And I think uh, making sure that those things uh, are foremost in your mind as you read this book will help you um, come to a appreciation and empowerment. I think empowerment is such a cliche word when it comes to the Holy Spirit, but it's still true. And uh, just knowing who He is. Okay, So that those are things that uh, Torza can help a lot. Torza's teachings on the Holy Spirit were very much needed in his time. And I believe in some way, the peace that the church enjoys today regarding the Holy Spirit is partly due to his teachings then. If I can make an over-exaggeration, when it comes to Torza's teachings on the Holy Spirit, I, the churches probably took the parts they liked, claim, they all claimed Torza as a friend, and what they did was they no longer neglected the Holy Spirit. So they accepted Torza's cutting criticisms and have learned to passionately teach about the Holy Spirit and to embrace Him as the third person of the Trinity. Now this is probably true for some people, some churches, and not true for some people in some churches, but Torza is a remarkable influence within the, within the church. So I won't be surprised if uh, his influence uh, extended so far. Uh, even if uh, not directly. Now let me close this review with a Torza quote. I quote, The only Christian you want to listen to is the one who gives you more of a hunger for God.
end quote. So that's a wonderful quote, and that actually explains why Tozer is so widely read today, because he gives us more of a hunger for God. This is a Reading and Readers review of The Counselor, Straight Talk About the Holy Spirit from A.W. Tozer. 192 pages published by Moody Publishers in May 2015, available in Amazon Kindle for $7.99, or you can get it for $1.99 in Faith Life for the month of November. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. But more than that, I hope that by listening to the Christian book reviews here, you have more of a hunger for God. I believe that one book can change the trajectory of a man or woman, boy or girl, Christian or non-Christian. And I hope to introduce books uh, to all of you who are listening. Now, it is, as I have mentioned, the month of November, which is the, uh, the end of the year. So I'm hoping that if any of my reviews have helped you or led you to a book that has made an impact, hopefully a good impact, please let me know. As you know, I hope you do, uh, encouragements can go a long way. You can email me at terrence at readingandreaders.com. You can find me on Twitter if you search for Reading and Readers. Or you can contact me via the website at, you guess it, www.readingandreaders.com. That's readingandreaders.com. So happy reading and thank you for listening. Bye-bye.